This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, it's nice to be chatting with you again. My wife and I were in Texas last I, week. We waved over a 500-mile distance. Yes, because we're like right <laughs> next. It's like Texas is a little bit like Florida, that you can actually be almost 12 hours apart. <laughs> yes. But there was one day that we were there that the sun shined like right when we got there. And then that was about it. Then it was kind of rainy. But there was one night that I really I felt like I was in a tropical storm. It was raining so much. And we got back to the hotel and I was talking to the manager who said, we're going to be full the rest of the week because there's all kind of flooding going on and people are moving into the hotel. So what was it like in Dallas? Well, I'm not in Dallas proper, but... Um, it's been insane. Like I, I'm starting to wonder if I need to like go build an ark or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still I, raining? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't do real good these days of keeping real accurate track of time or whatever, but it seems like it's been raining nonstop for a month. I mean, we'll have a day with no rain, but then there'll be another week of rain and it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like anything I want to do outside, it's on hold because, you know, the, the geese pen is just a, a mud sty and it, it, there's just, you can't do anything. And I can't even mow the grass. <laughs> it's just like, okay. And like, I haven't even been able to get my roof fixed. Like I, it's all lined up. It's been lined up for almost a month, but there haven't been any dry days where they can just come out and take care of it without worrying about it raining again. So it's been something special. Is this an April showers bring May flowers situation where that that's normal for you in Texas? No. I mean, there have been other years where I remember it being like this, but it's not an every year kind of thing. And at first I was thinking, wow, this has been really dry. I hope we don't go into another drought because for a few years back, like we were in really bad shape with, you know, lack of rain and everything. It had been a few years of, of when there's just, it's not even meeting the average. And now it's like, well, we're blessed with abundance. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is that, you know, after it gets to be so much, there's nowhere for it to go. So it just floods everything. The roads flood, the, the, the ground floods, everything floods, and it doesn't take very much rain for it to just set off again. So, yeah. We were, the, the night when it was raining so hard, we were over at our son's house, and it was, it was pouring down rain. It was just, you know, heavy rain, but nothing spectacular. And then all of a sudden, everybody's phone started beeping, and it was the first one was um, Tornado Watch. And I used to live in Ohio, so I know the differences between watches and warnings and things like that. And I thought, oh, okay. 
didn't think much about it. And then like 15 minutes later, the, the rain is coming down sideways and the trees are sideways. And there's another bing on all the phones for tornado, tornado warning, which means that there's one that's kind of close. And then 10 minutes after that, there's a flood watch. And then 15 minutes after that, there's a flood warning. <laughs> yep, seems about right. Uh, well, we had, there's tornadoes that touched down not too far from here. Um, I mean, it, it seems to happen every year, but you still, you know, it's, it's nerve-wracking when it happens. Just, yeah, do you have you know, basements in Texas? I'm sure some people do, okay. but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't where we were, so it's like, okay, where do we go? Um, some people have storm shelters and stuff, but it's not like the water table here, the way the ground is, it's not super convenient. It's kind of like Florida. Like, where would you put a basement if yeah. you're living in Florida, right? It's just going to flood. So it's kind of like that in a lot of places here. Yeah. Too. So to keep myself safe, I put a pillow on my lap. Oh, yeah, that, that's totally going to do the trick. Yes, I, felt, I felt pretty secure. <laughs> there was one... Uh, when one of the tornadoes touched down with one of the recent bouts of storms... There was a, a trailer, a mobile home. I think it flipped like two or three times. And there were people inside when it flipped. Oh, yay. And they got out without like any life-threatening injuries or anything. They walked out. Done some bruises and scratches and abrasions and stuff. That never ceases to amaze me. Is not what gets hit, but what survives. Interesting. Yes. And I, I remember when we were driving back from Texas after we were there, we'd rented a camper van and, and driven to Texas for the birth of our grandson. And we were driving back through an area that had been hit with two hurricanes. Wow. Uh, and I think it was, I, I don't remember, Louisiana, I think. And it was really interesting what survived and what didn't survive. Yeah. And it was, it was really, it's like, why would that thing be still there? When this great big monstrous thing that looked like it was built so well be so damaged. It was, uh, yeah, it was fascinating. It is. It always is. Speaking of fascinating, I know you love sports. <laughs> and last week, there was a, something that happened in a, in a golf tournament. And someone won the tournament. Phil Mickelson won the, the PGA tournament. And he's the oldest person to ever win a, a major golf tournament. Good for him. And, you know, it got me thinking how, as life changes, we have to change. And the way we go about our work changes. <laughs> You're so good at this. <laughs> that was really smooth. Congratulations, Steve. Thank you. I thought that would be good. So that's, yes. that's queuing up Taylor for our topic today. So our topic today is about um, writing strategies. I think what I really meant to say is, the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of my current strategies um, because it's just different for me. Um, you know, I've talked before about, you know, my brain breaking and how I wasn't able to write for a long time. And then we talked about how I'm writing again. And now I'm getting into the area where there's, you know, I don't really have much materials drawn. So I'm like crafting from scratch. And you know, I've written eight books that have been published, not counting the ones that didn't get published or the ones that uh, are like three quarters of the way written. Um, so by definition, I know how to write. I know how to get words down on a page. And I know that it's just one word in front of the other. 
and that it starts out as a mess and then you just keep working in it and you work in it and you work at it. I know these things, but this time around, it's just kind of different. It's not working. Like the, the techniques that I've had in the past where I just open up my document and wherever I left off, I just keep going. And then I go back over what I wrote and just kind of clean it up bit by bit, not working. And, uh, when I say not working, it's like my brain cannot make sense of the words on the page in any coherent order. But it's different than when my brain was broke. The same thing was happening when my brain was broke, but it was different because now it's not like I'm, it's, back then it was like I was incapable. And now it's not like I'm incapable. It's like, it's, I'm using the wrong mechanism or something to get the information into my brain. And there's a, I know that like physically there's a few things going on that are making this more complicated. Uh, one is I'm ADHD and ADHD medication for ADHD is, is not like, it's a little bit of an art to it because everybody's different. Depending on your genetics, you can respond differently to different medications. And when you're a woman who is still experiencing hormonal cycles and stuff, um, the hormones fight against the medication as well. So there will be some times of the month where it'll be the dosage will be just perfect, and other times where it doesn't seem like it's working at all. So it's this constant thing of trying to find, make sure the dosage is right. So that's one whole side of it. And then... Um, I'm getting to the point where, oh, maybe I, I should have already <laughs> been using reading glasses. I don't know. I refuse. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not old enough for that yet. Um, but it's either that or it's eye strain from so many years, so many hours to the computer that um, I'm starting to get blurred vision and maybe dry eyes or whatever. Um and then when you compound that with, I work with most, I have more than one computer, but the one that I tend to do most of my work on is a laptop with, I think it's only got like a 14 inch screen on it. It's not enormous. And what I find found is that um, trying to increase the font on the screen large enough to where my eyes felt comfortable reading it it doesn't allow a ton of information on the screen at the same time. And I began to realize that the way my brain works, if I, you only let me see a little bit at a time, it doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> it needs more, right? So this wasn't, this wasn't working. And I would have these days consecutively where I'd sit there working with this material, trying to make sense of it. And the other thing that's important to, to realize is that the I, the material that I'm working with, it's all part of old outlines from like six years ago. Because so I've gotten through all the written stuff and now I'm just working with outline material. But because I've made so many stops and starts on this book over the years, the outline's gotten a little bit mishmash where some of it's just completely worthless, but it's got these few gems of sentences in there. And Sometimes it's repeated and it's double. So the material that what I'm trying to do at this stage is take what should be there and keep it and get rid of what shouldn't and then try and get it in some kind of 
logical chronological order that there's a flow to it, a logical flow to it. And it's just this mess of, of words, right? A mess of ideas. And it feels like when I sit down to work, somebody's basically taken a scoop of cooked oatmeal and slopped it in front of me and said, pick out the individual grains and use those individual grains as puzzle pieces. And from them, you're going to assemble a diagram to build like a Lincoln log structure. Once you have that diagram, then take those grains and use them to build the cabin in that diagram. And I'm looking at that bowl of oatmeal going, are you out of your freaking mind? I, this is mush. How am I supposed to do that, right? That is what it's like. And I'll lose just hours of, I can't, I can't make sense of this. So whatever was working before, clearly not working. And I realized that it's an issue with not getting enough on the page at any one time for me to even see the structure of what I'm dealing with. It's just a mess. So I did something, started doing something that I've not done before really much. And that is I will take this mess, like whatever section it is, like a whole chapter or 15, 20 pages or whatever, and I'll print them out. And I won't even turn on the computer after that. I will just go over them with like a colored Sharpie and start going, you know, this needs to go here. This goes with this. And because this goes over there, uh, fix this when you're on the screen. Uh, this idea is part of this other concept over here. And it just looks like uh, that's a real mess, like all my drawings and carvings and whatever. And, and then sometimes I'll start writing things that are miss, missing and I'll just like sketch out the notes for those. But what it allows me to do is see multiple pages at the same time and see them in relation to other pages, like a spatial thing, right? And I don't get the eye strain of, you know, that computer glare on my eyes. So there's no issue with my eyes getting blurry or anything like that. And so it's just a matter of staying focused long enough. And, you know, the focus comes and it goes. Some days are better than others. But through that, through that technique, I've been able to get at least sort of a structure and get and figure out, okay, this can all be deleted. We don't need that. That's redundant. Or this over here is good, but it's the wrong time. And working it that way, my brain is engaged. I'm thinking about it and I'll get ideas. Like if I'm cleaning the floor or washing dishes, I don't put on anything else. I just try and think about where I was in the story and ideas will come to me and I'll just write them down by hand. And I have this other device um, that I got, I think it was last year. It's, um, it's a tablet, a digital tablet that is made for people who are tactile. Like, you know, it, I think it's more meant for artists and illustrators and designers or whatever. It's a way to digitize your drawing without being hooked up to computer because it's its own device and then you can download it or you know transfer it to wherever you want to and it also has the option for converting your handwriting to text and stuff. And, and this really is something cool. that's uh like an e-ink screen right yeah okay I've, I've seen i've never actually seen one i've seen them online and they look very cool i am it's one of the few electronic devices that i've purchased and felt like this was an amazing 
an amazing thing to do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it does, you do have the option of using it as an e-reader, but it's, it doesn't have apps. It doesn't connect to anything. It's, it's like having a notebook in front of you, but you can actually take what you've written and digitize it instead of having to, you know, read your own really cry. It's better at reading my writing than I am. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> so like if I'm having trouble, like with a chapter opening, for example, and I just can't find my way. It's like, okay, I've got all these elements, but don't really know how to get the character in the right place and the mood and the atmosphere and all these things. I just, I've got that right there. I can just start writing. And if I don't like it, just erase it or cut and move it and just keep going. And then eventually I have something that is workable enough to pass as like a really rough draft. And then I can come back to it later after I've, you know, gotten the rest of it sorted out. And so doing this, following, like trying to stay off the computer as much as possible in terms of structure and figuring things out and doing it all on paper and using the the tablet that's for the equivalent of paper and then getting it together there. And then I'll take it and I'll get all those notes and the whole ma chapter material restructured according to my notes. And then I'll print it out again. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm whittling it away and getting it cleaned up um, in the way that's working for my brain and, and not trying to just keep beating my head doing the same thing that used to work, but just doesn't work anymore for me on the computer. And I think ultimately I'm probably going to have to shift off and work with one of not the laptop, like something that's got a much bigger screen so that I can see a lot more material on the same page. But for now, this is what I'm doing and I'll probably do it for two or three more chapters. And when I've got those to where I feel like, okay, those are solid as terms of in far as really rough drafts go, then I'll go through and start again over them to try and turn them into more of a first draft material and then move on to the next segment. And eventually I'll completely run out of um, even uh, outline material to work with because the, the outline that I have now is just so much garbage. It just, I'm sure that when I wrote it originally, because it was all fresh in my mind, I knew what I was doing with it. And so I had ideas to go along with it. But right now, I don't have those ideas anymore because a lot of time has passed and it's just garbage. So I'm, I'm kind of at this place where I have a third closing in on maybe half of a book written and I realize there is no second half. I do not know how this <laughs> plot is going to come together. It's a little freaking terrifying, but I, uh, it, now that for a while there, I was like, I don't even know if I can do this. My, I, it's not working. My brain's not working. I'm sitting here. I'm wasting my days. Time is just flying by. I don't have any progress to show for it on top of the already slow that I am. But then when I started doing it this other way, it's like, okay, I can still do this. It's just different, but I can still do this. So now I'm back to being hopeful that I can pull this together. All right. I'm curious. Uh, what font size do you typically use? Um, I think probably New Times Roman 12 or 14. Okay. Hang on. Let me, let me pull up a file and let me, let me look. Yeah, 12, but it's double fully double-spaced. Okay. So that's not on a 13-inch screen. You're not getting much. 
No, I think it's not a 13-inch screen. I think it's 14 or maybe 14.5, but it's still not very much, especially if you, like, have to open up a search bar or a dictionary or something else at the same time. It just doesn't really give you a lot. And I and I do set my settings so that there's no space between pages. It's just a line because mm-hmm. those spaces also cut into stuff. But you're really only seeing about half a page at a time. And do you think that this change in the way your mind is, is absorbing the material between looking at pages, typed or printed pages, and the screen is strictly due to the amount of text you're able to see, or do you think it could possibly be, it could have something to do with the fact that you're actually holding something or looking at a thing rather than a screen? Um, I think it really has a lot to do with how much information I can pull in, but not just that, it has to do with whether I'm even seeing the information. Because when my eyes get all weirded out, it's like, I'm not sure that it's actually even getting from the screen into my brain. Like something, it's just not working. Like I'm seeing, but I'm not really seeing, seeing, or seeing, but not really com- comprehending. It's just one more layer of fuzz in an already fuzzy situation, I think. And I, I think it all works together. Like that, plus the issue with focus, seeing, being able to focus and and the reading comprehension issues that come with ADHD. And then, um, so it's just all combined together. And what the paper allows me to do is sort of take a step back and see it in full. And I think that's also why I've always been so resistant to eBooks. Even though I read more things on eBooks now for convenience and also for font size, um, I, I really enjoy the reading experience more when it's tactile. But you're also using a phone or something, right? Not like an e-ink Kindle. No, I have. It's not an e-ink Kindle. It's just an iPad that I have a Kindle loaded onto. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so it's not a devoted reading device. But it's still not a book, and I can change the font size and stuff. And it's for, not a phone for me. It's it's. A, I have a hard time reading for comprehension on a screen. Um, like, I, I'm amazed that you're able to, or in the past, have been able to just look at the text on the screen and, and just absorb all this information. And I, it, it, I just can't, I can't do it that way. So I've always been someone who prints things out and then goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, now I have to buy another toner cartridge because I printed <laughs> all this stuff out. But I read differently when it's in print. But I also find that reading an e-ink Kindle for me is completely different than reading on an iPad or something. It, hmm. For me, an iPad is exactly the same as reading on my computer monitor. Interesting. I think, okay, so I think for me it's partly psychological, and this is why I have a tendency to separate my devices. So like the iPad, which was given to me, it's not like I went out and spent a ton of money on this thing that I use only for entertainment. Like it's not hooked up to any work. It's the only place that I allow myself to play any kind of games. It's where the ebook reader is. And it's completely separate from the device that I use for work because I feel like there are times when I need to do work and just the 
the the the effort of turning on this device that is associated with so much negative feelings and stress is an impediment in and of itself. So that's why I try and keep work on the work computer, entertainment on the iPad, and then this uh, writing tablet. I don't want it to start associating negative feelings of work, of like difficulty. And so I keep it clearly only even though I could hook it up to other things and it does have access to email and stuff, I only want it to be for when I need to handwrite stuff and, and ideas and notes and calendars and just, Hey, this is how I get my brain in order so that it doesn't attach itself to, Oh my God, I got to go turn that thing on. And, and so, like I said, I have another computer too. And that's where I try and keep like my home life, stuff, you know, bill paying and all that kind of stuff separate, because if the bill paying and, you know, healthcare and all that kind of stuff is on the same device that I'm doing the writing, the work, then it's going to be really hard to even take care of that too, because like, oh, I need to go pay that bill, but I don't want to go turn on my computer right now. And so there's this procrastination and whatever. So it's not like I'm trying to be like, oh, I've got so many, many things. I hate having a lot of electronics, but it's become a matter of necessity to keep them separate from each other so that the, re- the, the difficulty or the struggle of one doesn't impact the other, I guess you could say. If you had a bigger monitor, would you want to look at two or three pages at a time? Probably two. Maybe okay. two, but at the very, very least, a full page. And I do have a bigger monitor, and I could get this thing set up. Why don't I? Because it takes brain power to figure out how to do it. <laughs> like, ideally, I could hook up a big monitor to my laptop and just, and, and a, another keyboard. And I just, the laptop's the hard drive to it, but I just haven't figured out how to do it yet. So let's go back to that show. A few years ago when you talked about building your Linux computer. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. I, I know. I, I okay, know. So it's, I love it. I, I love what I have. It's a, it's a, it's a little tiny device now. Like I tried to do it on my laptop, but like to split it where I went from Linux to Windows or whatever. But there were um, idiosyncrasies that I could never really figure out to the point where I could just turn over and make it my full computer that I use full time. So then I went and bought a mint box and a mint box is like, <laughs> it's like so tiny. It's like you could slip it into a pocket practically. And it's, it's not huge, like in terms of processing power. So you can't use it for gaming or anything like that, but it comes with mint pre-installed and it does not have all the same kinks as the other distribution that I was using. So it's much better set up, but there are things about it that still make me really nervous about switching over fully. It's like you have to learn so much. It's not like Windows where you can just install a program and everything's cool, you know? There's just, like, for the longest time, I couldn't even figure out how to get my printer to work properly with it because I have an older printer. I refuse to upgrade for other reasons. 
And there, you can't just install the software on a Linux computer. You know, you can't just put in a CD if you had a CD drawer, or you can't just download the software and run it. Like there's all these command lines, things that you have to learn. And oh, but to run that command, you need to go get this other thing. And I don't always, I got it working, but I don't know how. It's like magic. <laughs> So until I learn a little bit more about how it works and get more acquainted and familiar with the Linux operating system, I'm a little bit wary of just switching over completely. But it takes time, and I don't always have time to sit down and go, oh, today's going to be a let's see what I can learn and exercise my brain kind of day. I've got to get the book that I'm working on written first. So it's like many things that I want to do. It just gets put on hold until eventually I'll have time. I think it's interesting the way we evolve as as people as as we get older so you're you're fighting the idea of using uh, reading glasses and you're dealing with these this new process for writing that will allow you to to continue to write because the old way is just not working for you now and it it can be such a struggle until you get a little bit older then you just go ah, whatever i can't do that anymore i'm going to do it this way I do want to You're say nowhere near behalf, there. <laughs> no, I want to say behalf of, on behalf of myself on this subject of reading glasses, it's not that I'm so opposed to using them. It's that they don't solve the problem. Like I, my eyes haven't gotten to the stage where reading glasses are like a relief to put on. It's just great. Now they're annoying in a different kind of way. <laughs> So if they were going to solve the problem and make it easier, I would do it. But they don't. It's just not there yet. So the lesson here is there's always a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Even if you kill yourself doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have a choice. I have to do this. I have to do this for my own reason for existing on this planet anymore. Like, if, if I can't do this, then what, what, what am I left? You know, okay, I'm a mother and whatever, but it's like, I have to, I have to be able to, to do something, to create something of value. And if, if I can't even do the one thing that I'm good at, then what, you know? So I, I have to, for my own mental health, figure out how to finish writing this book. <laughs> and, you know, we'd all kind of like to see that happen ourselves. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. That wraps up this week's show. But because I mentioned sports during the chit-chat, we have to talk about geese next week. So stay tuned for the geese chat next week. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, guys. See you next week.